Let me be seated for a moment. Uh, it's good to be back and standing up and uh, having the energy to do stuff. And I just want to say, Kevin, Barbie, man, you guys, uh, I love you. You did a fabulous job on short notice, both of you. And uh, I don't even know why I bother. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. Uh, most of you, uh, many of you, know Ken and Lori Stilger. And if you do, you probably already know this. But for those of you who don't, Lori, um, they've stopped dialysis. She's home with uh, hospice. And they uh, have told the family that probably on Monday or Tuesday she will lose consciousness uh, because of the dialysis being stopped. So uh, today they are having an open house at their home. And if you would like to go by, if you have the opportunity, would like to go by and um, say goodbye uh, to Lori. This would be, uh, that's what this is for. It's not a go hang out for a couple hours. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a go and, and, and leave. Uh, you know, and some people might think, well, man, that, that's just, you know, where's your faith? You know, or what? This, that's morbid. No, 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 no. The time comes. The time comes. Uh, when Jacob's time came, he gathered those around him that mattered and, and, and talked with them. When Joseph's time came, he did that. David, they gathered. What a blessing to be able to do that. I, uh, I was over there on Friday evening um, before they left the hospital to say my goodbyes and give her a message. Take to Margaret on the other side. I don't know. I don't know how that works, but if you know, if you happen to run into a familiar face, uh, I got I got a message for you to take uh, to her. You see, we serve Jesus Christ, who said, "I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, they will live, even if they die. If anyone lives by believing in me, they will never die." And so this isn't, uh, oh, Lori's dying. No, this is Lori's going. And, and we're going to go at some point. Uh, and Jesus did follow that up by saying, do you believe this? And I, I do. Paul said, if our, if our hope is only for this life, we're, we're to be pitied more than everybody. So... Uh, yeah, if you uh, if you have the opportunity this afternoon and would like to go by, they would they'd love to see you. Um, now, stand with me and let's see if I can still preach. <laughs> then Jesus came to them and said, "All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father." and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for the power and the grace and the life that are in Your Word. And I pray, Father, that You would speak life to us and that we would listen, that we would have ears to hear, and that our lives would be changed. 
In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, the call. The call is, is, uh, is where it, it starts. Um, you know, it's easy to hear about the call, and, and this is a short series. It's only going to be four weeks. But it's easy to hear about the call and, uh, and think that it must be for other people. You know, Moses, burning bush, Samuel, speak, Lord, your servants listening. Um, David, being anointed. Isaiah, the fire, coal of fire touched his lips. Mary, uh, the appearance of, uh, of Gabriel. Or, uh, you know, or the disciples. Or maybe, maybe Barbie, maybe Kevin, maybe uh, Alan or Will or Kim or... Ronnie, do you really think that God is only interested in pastors and Bible characters? No. No, and a call is about, is about all of us. Every, every single one who, who hears Him has a call. And by the way, I mean, women get calls, okay? They, they, they absolutely do. We, um, I, I heard somebody... Um, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, the thing I was listening to, it asked the question, you know, well, all the, all the disciples were men, you know, and uh, that's, that's really a dumb observation uh, because it's not true. Uh, you know, uh, in, in Jesus' day, that was certainly a very patriarchal uh, society, and, and yes, the 12 that he selected were, uh, were men, but he had other disciples, and a lot of them were women. And not only that, if the best news that has ever been heard on the face of the earth is He is risen, the first person who was charged with proclaiming that news was a woman. Yeah, so you might want to listen to him occasionally. If you're married, you might want to listen to him a lot. <laughs> the Great Commission is not go and get people saved as we often tend to kind of condense it in, the Great Commission is go and make disciples. That's what the commission is. And so the first call, and Barbie touched on this last week, but how many people know that sometimes you need to hear things twice or eight times or 50 times before you hear it? The first call is to be a disciple. And if you have not been called to be a disciple you're not a Christian. What? No amens? No hallelujahs? I didn't say you weren't saved. You might be. But you're not a Christian. Because that word literally means little Christ. Someone who is striving to be like Christ. And not somebody who's just kind of waiting around going... Well, I wonder when I'm going to be like Christ. No, somebody who is actively going, that's what I want. That's, that's what I want to be like. A, a disciple is a person who follows another and desires to be like their leader. And let me clarify. Let me clarify the call for you because it's, it's, it's pretty simple. And, and I basically have already said it. Your goal is to be like Jesus. And sometimes people hear that, and the first thing that they think of is, yeah, he cleansed the temple. I'm going to go make me a whip. I'm going to get on my 
superhero Christian thing and I'm going to go sort some stuff out somewhere. Okay. Two days, maybe. Maybe, maybe just one, you know, it depends on how you, I mean, you do realize, well, you probably don't, but there, <laughs> maybe there was twice. Two days out of uh, around 12,000 that he lived. What you going to do the other 11,998 days? God is love. And Jesus is God. And so if we want to be like Jesus, then the outline is very clearly stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We want to be patient. We want to be kind. You know, the older I get, the more I appreciate and admire and desire kindness. I mean, really. Uh, Kevin's got a bunch of daughters. I've got two daughters. Any men that enter into their life, the number one thing I want, I want that guy to be kind. That's what I want. I mean, he can be... Ugly as dirt. I don't care. <laughs> but I want him to be kind. Because that's so important. Love is patient. Love is kind. Um, love doesn't put other people down. Doesn't just... Woo-hoo. That's something we can work on. Uh, love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. You say, well, I don't keep a record of wrongs. Well, you don't write it down. But there's a tendency to keep score. Yeah. Oh, I know what you did to me. Whenever I pray the Lord's Prayer, and, and I don't pray through it every day. I probably should. But, but I do uh, on, on a fairly frequent basis. And I come to the part... Uh, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, I, 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 my prayer is always, okay, Lord, bring it up. Where is it? Where is it hiding? Who, who is it that I really do need to, to forgive because I need it? That's for sure. So you want to be like Jesus? Always protect, always trust, always persevere. Yeah, uh, there's, that's... That's what, the, that's what the guideline is. That's the outline. And focus on this, and the rest of the call will come into place in His time. You see, it's not like we get saved and all of a sudden, ah, we know what it is that we're going to do now. No, we start the journey, and the call is an ongoing revelation thing that happens in our lives. And, and it may be different for different seasons. You know, if you, I don't know if anybody here watches football, but if, if, if a team runs the same play every time, it's not going to work very well. Sometimes you change the play up. And sometimes the call shifts and changes a little bit. You have to be listening. People get saved and immediately they want to know, when am I supposed to lead the Israelites out of Egypt? When, when am I supposed to start preaching? 
When, when do I when do I get to when I get when do I get the lead in the play? When do I get to start working in the nurse? No, they don't ask that. Uh, but maybe should. Paul's ministries. You, you've heard of Paul, right? The Apostle Paul. Okay, his ministry. His ministry started 14 years after he converted. 14 years. And this guy had spent his entire life growing up being trained in the, in the holy text. He knew the holy text. When he, it, it wasn't like, okay, where's, uh, where's Genesis? You know? No, I mean, he knew the holy text. And he had a conversion story, let me tell you. Buddy, I was riding along on my donkey and this light comes and knocks me off and Jesus talks to me. I mean, that's, a, that's better than Justin Bashir's. That, that, I mean, that's, a, that's a story, let me tell you. And I went blind and, and, and I, I was blind for three days and this guy comes and prays for me and the scales fall from my eyes. Hallelujah, let's at least write a book and start a podcast. 14 years. Love is patient. Moses' uh, uh, calling came 40 years after he tried to do it himself. Uh, Jesus, Jesus, you know, began his ministry at age 30, but think about this. It was probably a good 20 years earlier that he said, hey, if you, if you want to know where to find me, don't you know you should look for me in my father's house? Because that's where I'm always going to be. So 20 years later, Jesus says over in Luke uh, 16, it's actually 16.10, not 16.1, that's wrong. But whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Uh, you start out small. You start out, will this guy pay attention? You know, uh, I don't know how many of you watch baseball anymore, but if you watch baseball, there'll be a, There'll be a, a, some guys standing on the, on the baselines down there, and they'll be doing funny things. They'll be tugging on their ear and, you know, giving this kind of stuff, you know, kind of like they have cats and they're trying to get rid of their the hair or there's, there's uh, bugs and stuff flying around them. Yeah, you know, just... And what they're doing is they're giving signals to the person at bat or, or perhaps to one of the base runners. And what they're telling them is they're going, okay, take this pitch. Don't swing at it regardless because we got something going on. Don't swing at it. Or maybe they're saying swing at this pitch regardless because we got something going on. Or maybe they're saying put a bunt down or something. How many of you know that there are people who actually stand in that batter's box and pay no attention to the guy doing this stuff over there? Or maybe never bothered to learn what the signals were. And if that's the guy in the batter's box, the coach can't use him. There's so many things they can't do. And so we need to take the time to learn the signals and pay attention to them and show that we can be trustworthy in them. Well, the call to being a, a disciple is where it starts. Two other things about, about the call, briefly. Uh, first of all, the, uh, the call keeps you going. Because here's a dirty little secret about the call, whether it's to be a, 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 a pastor or a truck driver or a teacher or a, 
a, a, a butcher, baker, whatever it may happen to be, here's a dirty little secret. You're going to want to quit. You're going to want to quit. It's just, just that simple. Moses had already quit when his call came. Samuel, uh, Samuel complained to, to God. Elijah complained uh, to God. Peter went back to fishing even after the resurrection. Even Jesus got to the point where he said, this is not what I want to do. If it's at all possible, let this cup pass from me. But what I really want to do is what you want me to do. Bruce Coble, many of you know Bruce. Bruce uh, was in the vocational ministry. I guess he's still in ministry, but was in vocational ministry for 40 years. And there were so many times that I heard him say, the only reason you don't quit is the call. If you don't know that you've been called, you'll quit. I, uh, I've been in vocational ministry for over 37 years, and, and on numerous occasions I have cried out, Lord, anything but this. I have skills. Surely that there's something marketable here. I mean, I can, I can get up and talk to people. I, I, I know how to, to read and write. I mean, Lord, anything but this. I, uh, <coughs> excuse me, there was, if you're going to hug me, do it on this side because I'm in coughing on this side. There are, uh, um, there used to be a lot of just ridiculous um, statistics about how many pastors leave the ministry. And uh, so I was, I was reading an article this last week about uh, two or three articles. I was going, no, no, those numbers were crazy. No, we, you know, we've got, some real numbers, and, and they're much more encouraging. Oh, yeah. Because according to the much more encouraging numbers, on average, only eight or nine pastors leave the ministry every day. And whatever it is that you're called to, it, it, whatever God has called you to is going to be challenged, It's going to, and you're going to want to quit. I mean, think about it. David didn't hit the lottery when he got anointed king. He, he just got anointed for a hard time. That's what he got anointed for. Jeremiah didn't become the envy of all of his peers when he was called to be a prophet. As a matter of fact, you, you know, we're, we're kind of living in a day when everybody's telling everybody, you're a prophet. You know, you've been called to be a prophet. I know the Lord has told you you're supposed to be. If, if somebody tells you you're supposed to be a prophet and you're excited about that, you got a problem. Because you don't know what profit is. They may be right. And if they are, you're in for a hard time. You really are. Jesus didn't come to be the Savior of the world to become great. In fact, it was just the opposite. He was already great. And He made Himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. If you're called to be a leader, there's going to be times when people are going to want to turn back. They're not going to go there. Uh, there's going to be times they're going to want to stone you, maybe. But you keep going because you've been called. You, when, when you face opposition, and, and, and when you're lumped in with 
with others in your particular calling, whatever it may be, whether it's, uh, whether it's in business or whether it's teaching or whether it's uh, vocational ministry or whatever it may be, and you get lumped in with, with the bad teachers and the mercenary uh, pastors and the, and, and the crooked businessmen and stuff, you're going to want to quit. You're going to go, I, that's not who I am. But you keep going because you've received a call. And when your boss mistreats you and you get passed over for raises and you get passed over for promotions, you keep going because you've been called. That, that's, why, that's why I'm at this place. That's why I'm, I'm doing this thing. And when, your kid, when the kids aren't respectful and they don't want to learn and they, and they don't want to, to take anything that you've given to them, you keep going because you've been called. And when, when the road gets long and it seems like nobody appreciates the effort that you put in and the, and the time that you put in and the, and the hard work that you put in, you, you keep going because you've been called. If you're just doing it for a paycheck, you can quit. If you're just doing it for recognition, you can quit. If you're just, if you're just doing it to, to try and find some kind of meaning you can get out of life, you, you can quit. But if you've been called, you carry on. You can't quit. God's your provider. God notices everything you do. It says over, over in 1 Corinthians 15, nothing we do for the Lord is in vain. Nothing. Because He notices it all. And if you have the call, you have meaning. Your life has meaning in it. Without the call, You're a hamster running on a wheel. Without the call, you can do nothing. Even when it seems like you're doing something, you're doing nothing. And with the call, you do all things. Even when it doesn't look like you're doing anything, something's happening. So the call is very important. Jesus said to Nicodemus over in uh, on John chapter 3, Flesh gives birth to flesh. Spirit gives birth to spirit. So whatever you come up with can't impact the spirit world. Not in, a, not in a positive way, anyhow. And he told his disciples later on, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We are immersed in one of the most secular cultures humanity has ever known. And I'm not talking about Hollywood. I'm not talking about Washington. I'm, not ta I'm talking about Middle Tennessee. Right here. Buckle of the Bible Belt. One of the most secular cultures the world has ever known. You can do it. You can be whatever you want to be. You can change the world. You can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you can make a difference. Put on your cape and go out there and do it. Somebody's wrong here. And it's either the you can or it's Jesus who's wrong. You can get my vote for being wrong. But we're so used to living with contradictory terms. We're so used to living with contradictory notions. We're so used to living with it that we don't get it. 
We think immorality can produce morality. We think that truth can come out of lies. We think that good can come out of evil. We think that, you know, yeah. And so why in the world would we think it's strange to believe that I can do anything? And oh yeah, by the way, I, I, I can't do anything apart from Christ, but I can do anything. Wait a minute. That, those are actually two different things being said there. You get one or you get the other. Well, Pastor, doesn't it say I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? Yeah, it does. You read any more of that chapter besides that verse? You know what he's talking about? I mean, in the verse right before it, he says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty, which is sometimes harder than being in need when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. I know what it is to be content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or I'm hungry or I'm living in plenty or I'm living in want. I I can do all things through Christ. I I can be in any of those situations through Christ who strengthens me because I'm not here for blessings. I just want to sit here at your feet. All I really need, all I really want is you. But we add up the pluses and the minuses and and decide what's best, and that almost never comes out with the right answer because it's the wrong question. The wrong question isn't what is the bottom line. The right question isn't what is the bottom line. The right question is always this. What's God want me to do? What's God want me to do? In the, in the 31 and a half years or however long it's been that I've been here, there have, uh, there have occasionally been people leave the church. And, uh, and on even much rarer occasions, some of them have actually come and talked to me before, before, they, before they did so. Yeah, I, I remember that time. <coughs> and... And I, I, I had to think about this in the early service because I was going to say, it always grieves me to see people leave. It usually grieves me to see people. <laughs> Most of the time. But, uh, but that's never the issue for me. The issue is never, you know, how do I feel about this? Or the issue is, What's God want? Because if that's what He wants, then yes. Yea and amen. If that's not what He wants, why are you doing it? You know? I, uh, there's a couple that uh, were talking to me a couple of months, several months ago. They, they used to go to the church. It's been several years since they've been here. And they were thinking about maybe coming back and wanted, uh, uh, you know, was wondering, was asking some questions and you know, and I'm answering, and then um, several weeks ago, uh, they asked again, you know, have you thought any more about that? And I said, yeah, yeah, I have. Well, what did you think? Well, here's what I think. If God didn't tell you to come back here, then I don't need to do anything to make that happen. And if He did tell you to come back here, why aren't you here? Because the question isn't, you know, the question is, what's God want? That's that's the question in 
really in everything in our lives. And when you have that answer, you have something of great value. Tremendous value. And when you obey that answer, you are a disciple. 